Thanks, Lord. Father, thanks for your word today. Just give us ears to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you right up front uh, that at the end of this message, I believe um, it's the desire of the Lord for whosoever will. I've asked a few people to join myself and Pastor Christie in praying over anybody that wants this specifically for this coming year and to be sent into this coming year with the grace of the Lord. You know, we've been in this season of slowing down and seeking God. God, what's your desire for my life? Any changes you want to make? Here am I, Lord. But at the end of this meeting, I believe God has it in His heart to release a fresh grace to us as we go into this year. So be ready for that. Amen? Just let your heart be open to what the Lord has. So we've been uh, studying out of the book of Revelation of late, talking about the throne of God and the call up from earthly things to see heavenly things, right? And we've used John's experience in the book of Revelation, chapter 4. And John, who was in a really difficult season of life, he was in prison, right? Uh, pretty discouraged. You know, isn't it great to know that no matter how tough life is, you're not uh, exempt from being a candidate for great things with God. And so in that place, God, he has this open vision. Chapter 4, here's a voice saying to him, he sees a door open, and here's a voice saying, come on up here, I want to show you some stuff that's going to happen. And so John immediately finds himself in the Spirit. And there he is, and he sees the throne of God, and God seated on his throne, and he sees 24 smaller thrones around God's throne, and on those thrones are elders. We've said, we've looked at the Scriptures together, and I hope you would agree with me by this point, we've said that these speak about a priesthood of believers. It's not just 24 people sitting around God's throne right now at this moment. It's a sim the book of Revelation is full of symbolism. And I realize some people abuse symbolism. They twist it and make it say all kinds of things for their own purposes. But if you study the Scriptures and let God be true and allow that to work in you, you'll see that clearly the Bible in many, t many cases is a book of symbolisms, prophetic images and so on to communicate certain truths to us. So you've got these 24 seats, a picture of a priesthood of believers which the Bible calls us. If you believe in Jesus, you are a part of a priesthood of believers. Peter tells us that. John himself in the book of Revelation says that he, Jesus, has made us kings and priests. That's a New Testament role we play. After a new order, it's not the old order, but it's a new order. But nonetheless, we are like priests before God. And uh, so we've got this picture and we've got these around the throne. You know, John is seeing all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, to us it would be crazy because we're not so familiar with it. But he sees these, these creatures, these four living creatures, and they're crying, holy, holy, holy to the Lord. And out of the throne is proceeding thunder and, you know, lightning and thunder and voices. And I mean, there's just stuff going on up there. And there's this amazing, you know, unbridled worship. They're on their faces. They're throwing the crowns at his feet. And they get up and do it all again. You know, I mean, it's over and over. It's amazing powerful vision John has and he has the vision prior to God showing him what's about to happen in the earth because he wanted John's heart anchored in the greatness of God before the devil is given an opportunity and the light and the world circumstances and the judgments that are coming 
God wanted his people anchored. So John is seeing a people who have put God at the center, whose lives all spin around the person of God himself, and that people has an interesting privilege and mandate. Let me just read to you Revelations 4 and 4 and 5. It says this, Revelations 4, verse 4 and 5. And around about the throne was four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold, and out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. What I want to talk to you this morning about is that which is proceeding out of the throne. Okay, here, what John sees is out of God's throne is lightnings and thunderings and voices. But I want to set this idea in your mind as we go down here. What proceeds out of the throne? What proceeds out of the lives of those who are around the throne? Because the throne is not just on the receiving end, glory to God and honor to God. They were giving Him glory and praise. But there's some stuff proceeding out of the throne of God. Out of the throne. You know, we've been, and going to continue, by the way, giving ourselves to putting God at the center in everything we do. It's one of the ways we're going to filter our decisions, our activities, the way we spend our money as a congregation. Is that about having God at the center? Or does that put somebody or something else other than God at the center? So everything we do, we plan to use that as our filter. Is God at the center? But with a people who have God at the center, who are looking upon him, there's something happening out of that, sent out of the presence of the Lord. And I want us to catch that today because I'm getting ready by the grace of God, and those are going to help me at the end of this meeting, send some people out of the presence of God for the glory of God. I'm talking about your destiny. I'm talking about the plans God has already in his heart for you in this year. This, by the way, is going to be an amazing year, 2016. I don't often speak that way about New Year's, and I don't tend to get on the bandwagons with the cute phrases and things that go on. Not that that's not valid. I just, I, 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 for some reason, I, but I'm telling you, in my spirit, I feel this year is a year of great significance in the world. A lot of things are going to happen in this year, very significant things. And God wants a people who've been around the throne who've been in the presence of God, who are actually relevant and engaged in a world that's desperate and in need. So out of the throne is proceeding lightnings and thunderings and voices. What proceeds from the presence of God? What is proceeding? I was thinking about the presence of God and the angels and that, all the hosts that are around God's throne right now. Luke chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19, uh, interesting picture of the angel who visits. This is actually Gabriel, the angel, who's visiting Zacharias, the parent of John the Baptist. And he's a priest, and he's there, and he's performing his duty of uh, offering incense, and he's in there doing what he was called to do, and he has a vision, sees an angel. It's Gabriel, the angel. And uh, let me just read to you, uh, what it says here about him in Zacharias, this is verse 18 of Luke chapter 1. Zacharias said unto the angel, you know, he's just told him you're going to have a, a child and everything and so on. He says, Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man 
and my wife well stricken in years. That means she's old, okay? She's old. She's stricken. I mean, like just smitten with years, okay? Well stricken with years. And the angel... Here, listen, check out what... I wasn't talking to anybody in particular, so get relaxed, okay? You know? The angel... So, so he's got this problem. He's saying, you know, that's an amazing... You're telling me that at this time in our lives, we're past childbearing, that we're actually going to have a baby and he's going to be a prophet and he's going to make straight the way of the Lord. And I mean, you know, I'm having a hard time with this angel. You've got to help me here. And here's what the angel says to him. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto you and to show you these glad tidings. Now, I want you to see the relationship here. We have an angel, Gabriel, who declares his position. His position is, I am an angel who stands, this is where I hang out, in the presence of God. But if all we did was read Revelation and we see the angels flying around the throne going, holy, 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 we would think that why the reason angels are there is just to glorify God. But let me tell you, angels get their assignments in the presence of God. So do those 24 elders or the priesthood of believers. Please hear me. We get our assignment in the presence of the Lord. We get our assignment. He says, I am one who stands in the presence of God and I've been sent to you. From where? From the presence of the Lord. You can't help if you're a people, a person and a people who give yourself to the presence of God. You know, we spent 6 a.m. in the morning worshiping. Had a blowout time Wednesday night. Goodness gracious, we had a, we had a wonderful time just pushing in. We're going to do more of this stuff, by the way. We'll keep you... You know, and, and but you don't don't wait for us, you know. Jump in, be a people. But if you're a people in the presence of God who live this way, you can't help but hear your assignment from God. So he says, I'm I'm sent to tell you. You know, isn't it interesting because God's getting ready to send people to people like Zachariah, Zacharias, who has hopeless situations. Think of how hopeless, how Ridiculous! the idea at his age, in their 80s, you're going to have a baby. I mean, this is, this is totally not you know, doable in the natural. But, come on, with God, all things are possible. But somebody's got to carry the message that has that kind of authority. It's not just, it's not just wishful thinking. We're talking of people who've received something from the presence of God that when they speak, it is so. We know this was God because it's exactly what happened shortly after. People that bring hope. You're going to get sent out of here today, and you're going to get sent into some pretty hopeless situations. Amen. My prayer is today, as we continue in the presence of God, as God lines us up with certain situations, we'll be carrying the word of the Lord. And more and more people are going to be crying out for the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 1 and 26, check this out, just six months later. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, again, was sent from God 
unto a city in Galilee named Nazareth. Guess what he was sent there to do? To talk to a virgin named Mary. Come on. Same angel. Where did he go after he left Zechariah? Come on. He didn't go fishing. He went back into the presence of God. And he stood there and said, Holy, holy, holy. I love you, Lord. And all of a sudden, God said, Yep, I love you too. Ready? You're charged up. I can send you because you've been in my presence. I qualify. You're qualified by being in my presence to be sent. And now I'm going to send you. And I'm going to send you down here to talk to that little virgin gal named Mary down there. And oh, do I have a message for you this time, Gabriel. The Messiah. The Messiah will be born in her womb. Glory to God. Sent from the presence of the Lord. Here's an important point. In worship, we are more than spectators. You know, it's nice to see the picture of the throne room of God. You've got God at the center. You've got the 24 seats. It would appear that they're watching and they're spectators. I'm seated to see and to behold. And we are seated to behold. We need the impact of the throne. We need to be overwhelmed by the greatness of who He is. We need to be just, our lives need to be changed by the presence of God. Over, he needs to get bigger than all the world is in our minds. And that's by beholding Him. But to think that we're just there to be spectators is to miss the big equation. The big equation is God has an intention once we're, once we're affected by His greatness to send us to His desired place. We saw this once before, but you know, there's a parallel account of this throne room that uh, experience John has in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah writes, In the year that King Uzziah died, he was a good king by and large, and, uh, but he died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord seated upon a throne. And he saw seraphim, angelic creatures flying around, much like John is seeing, crying, holy, holy, holy. And what happened to Isaiah? You can read it on your own. Isaiah 6, make yourself a note. In that place, I, Isaiah is undone with his, his condition. He goes, oh my gosh. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people. I mean, the presence of God, you know, should fix some stuff. One person said this, you know, to be broken is to be fixed. To be broken by God. I don't mean like broken by the devil. I mean broken, but for, for God to undo you, you know, is actually really what it means to be fixed in the presence of God. God wants to undo us so that he can readjust us, reshape us, and then use us for his glory. So after Isaiah sees the Lord, he's undone, and then he hears, you know, he, 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 the angel comes with a coal from the altar and cleanses his lips and so on, but then he, right after that, he hears this voice. He hears the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit talking one to another, and they say, who will go for us? Whom shall we send? You see the principle? The, the throne, someone beholding the greatness of God on his throne, a work is done in the person who's beholding him, like what happened with Isaiah. And then, you know, I've cleansed you, I've washed you, I've dealt with your stuff, and now I want to send you somewhere. But I'm not going to force this. I've got to have a volunteer army here. You know, that's what it really means. My people will be willing in the day of my power, as the psalmist says. My people will be voluntary. They will have an open heart, you know. So here he is, and he says, who will go for us? Position description opens up. Who wants the job? Jesus. 
Hello? Send me. That was Isaiah's response. Send me. Okay, tough assignment for you, Isaiah, but you're it. I believe God is getting ready to send us. Send us from his presence to a hurting world. You say, well, pastor, I've already been sent. I know, you're getting ready to get sent again. You know, don't ride on the highlighted stuff in your Bible from years ago, as was testified today. You know, Gabriel was sent to Zechariah, and then he went back into the presence of God, and he got sent again to Mary. God wants to send us again, and again, and again. And I just want to keep coming back to my place in God, around the presence, around the throne, saying, God, here I am. Send me. So, we started off by talking about out of the throne proceed lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Why would God let John see what's coming out of the actual throne of God? I believe it helps us, at least in part, to understand the nature of things that are sent from God. Can you hear that? The nature of the things that come out from the throne. What comes out of your throne experience? What comes out of your life? These things, I believe, speak to it. And if you don't believe, then just, just be nice and don't sleep on me and just nod and just act like you're interested and let somebody else get blessed. Amen. All right. So out of the throne proceeds lightning is the first thing that John identifies. Listen to what this word means. Um, a strape, lightning by analogy, a glare, a bright shining comes from another root word, a strapo, not that you're interested, but maybe here it is, to flash as lightning, to shine, to shine, which comes from another attached word, aster or aster uh, this is an interesting one this is kind of because you'll see this because the next word that follows this is uh, astronomy which is astronomy you can see where all this comes from but the idea here in this word these are all what's behind this thing of lightning is a star that has been strewn out in the sky to to basically cast out into the atmosphere that's the essence of this word and this last word astronomy uh, it literally means the idea of a positioning to strew to spread as a carpet or a couch to throw out there in essence okay so catch this out of the throne is proceeding lightning a shining forth that is positioned strategically you know god when he put the stars into the sky he did it very very strategically calls them all by name knew exactly where they would land in their orbits and in their you know where they would hang out and there they are so much so that you can navigate by them you can do all i mean it's not a random thing very much related and very much intelligent design behind the positioning of the galaxies and the universe and the stars so should it be with us should it be with us a position where we shine from in God. Matthew 17 and verse 1, And after six days, Jesus takes Peter and James and John, his brother, and brought them up into a high mountain apart 
and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. And then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you will, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Notice this idea. Jesus goes up into a mountain, takes this select group with him, and while he's there, he begins shining. Where is Jesus spending his time? In the presence of God. What's coming out of his encounter with the presence of God? A shining. What's coming out of the shining? Hear him. He's got something to say. This is my son in whom I'm pleased, and his words matter. Hear him. Let me tell you again, or I should encourage you again, that if we're a people of the presence, the ability to shine the glory of God and to have the word of God will be both present. Matthew 13 and 43. Remember, we're just looking at the principle of lightnings. This is what's coming out of the throne of God. And I'm prophesying today, and I'm saying that's what's going to come out of this local church. Lightnings. I'm talking about a people shining who've been positioned properly, sent by the Lord. Matthew 13 and 43. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of of their father. So this isn't just a Jesus thing. This is a righteous thing. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who has ears to hear? Let him hear. Let him hear what? I believe let him hear what's coming out of their mouths. Something from the presence of the Lord. The context, by the way, of that particular verse has to do with the parable of the tares and the wheat and God purging out the evil. Then shall the righteous shine shine in the earth Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 you got to catch this it says speaking about the end of the age and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever this is a direct reference to people can you get this I'm not just you know grabbing these weird concepts this is Bible concept that actually there will be a people, you and me, who shine the glory of God. You wonder why in a lot of the ancient artwork you see people with, with in the paintings and they actually have these auras or halos around them like they're emanating a light. That is because it's more than just a nice spiritual principle. There's a reality to the fact that when you are in the presence of God, you will shine the presence of the Lord. People can feel the presence of God, sometimes at higher levels than others, and see it and experience the presence of God. People could tell. Stephen's face shone like an angel as they were getting ready to martyr him. Shone like an angel. They were like, whoa. And yet they still killed him. Go figure. <clears throat> Matthew 5 and 14. Jesus speaking to his disciples and ultimately the church at large. You are the light of of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid neither do men light a candle 
and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light, your light, come on, not the pastor's light, hear this, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Interesting connection here between the light and the works that we're doing. Let your light shine before men that they might see your good works and not glorify you. That tells you where you're getting these good works from. But glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is a pure thing. It's not a man thing. It's not an ego thing. It's not a build your ministry thing. It's a build the kingdom thing. And it's because people that have been in the presence of God have had that pride and ambitious thing dealt with in the presence of God. Hang out in the presence of God for any real length of time and you'll have an Isaiah experience. And, and your kingdom, you know, the year King Uzziah died, the great leader, then I saw the Lord, <laughs> you know. There's some stuff that needs to die. Amen. So, lightning. <laughs> I'm asking God, this church would be a place from which would proceed lightnings. Flashes of light would come out of this place. The next thing that John saw that came out of the throne was what? Thunders. Thunders. Lightning and thunder proceeded out of the throne. You know, one of the things I think about thunder, thunder is, I believe, designed for this, but it gets your attention. Can you agree with that? It's a demonstration, not just a visual, but an earth-shaking, could-be-dangerous kind of thing that makes you understand the reality. There's some high voltage around here. Thunder shakes things up. Now remember, from the throne is proceeding lightnings, thunderings. I tell you, God's going to send some people out that are going to shake some things up. Amen. Shake some things up. Call people to attention. You know, it's one thing, isn't it? There's a definite relationship between lightning and thunder. You can count, you know this, and you can determine how far away the actual lightning was by how many seconds occur, and that's representative of a mile, at least as I remember. 1,001, one mile away, right? But you know what it's like when you're sitting there all nice and just in your space, and there's a flash and a boom all at the same moment. Go boom! You know that that was next door, you know? You know that that could have been your house. I mean, come on, does it get your attention? And I believe, God, we're getting ready to, to see the, the time sequence between flashes and testimonies and thunderings get shorter and shorter and shorter so that this world can be captured again. Their, their attention. People are bored with lightning at a distance. I've heard that. I've seen that. No threat to me. No reason to move my life. No reason to get my act in order. But what happens when lightning is accompanied by thunder right close to it? I'll tell you what happens. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. 
I promise, Lord, I'm going to fix that thing today. Right now, no more, Lord. Where does this stuff proceed from? The throne of God. The throne of God. The word thunder, if you're interested, means to roar. To roar. I find that thunder, you know, when you talk about the throne of God, you know, a king's throne is there one of the primary functions of a king's throne is for judgment. To rule in judgment. You know, a righteous king would, would issue righteous judgments and that the people would rejoice because he would be protecting the cause of the people and defending the people from abuses that would try to come. A righteous king seated on his throne was a blessing to Israel. They knew that any, any country that's had a righteous leader seated in a righteous position knows the blessing of that. So out of the throne, these thunderings are attached, here's the concept, to the judgments of God. But don't think of judgment as some negative thing. It's a positive thing. That God, you know, the scripture says in the Psalms that all the earth, the, 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 the animated objects of the earth, the trees, the plants, and everything, rejoice because God is coming to judge. They're rejoicing. They're saying, it's about time. You know? All this stuff has been ripping people off. God, would you come down and judge the thing so that people can be blessed? 1 Samuel 2 and 10. Hear this concept here. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. Hear it again. Now hear the rest of this rather. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. So we have this idea of thunder being God dealing with the adversaries and his just judgments in the earth. That thunder theme is attached to that idea of God's just judgments. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. From the throne, judgments are issued. Let me read this to you. Psalms 9 and verse 7. But the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. And he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed and a refuge in times of trouble. What we're saying here is that God is not an absentee God. He's on his throne and he's getting ready to judge the earth in righteousness because he loves people. That's why. And he's coming down to cut off the stuff that's been destroying people's lives. So out of the throne are proceeding what? Lightnings. That's flashes, right? And thunderings or God's judgments. If you can hear this, I believe God wants a people in whom uh, he can trust because they've been dealt with that can actually carry just judgments into the earth. Thunderings through a people that God can use to judge the works of darkness that have been ripping people off. This heritage have the servants of the Lord. What is the heritage? You can condemn every word, right? Isn't that what Isaiah tells us? Help me here, somebody. 
No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the Lord, his servants, and his right, the righteousness is of me, says the Lord. It's a people that God can trust with judgment. How can he do that? Because you've been judged. You know, you're now qualified to be a judge. Know you not that you shall judge the 12 tribes of Israel with me, Jesus says? Right? Judgment. It's a part of our inheritance. It's, but we can't do this from some kind of self-righteous place. That's why we've got to be personally dealt with. We have to be personally dealt with. And God says, you know what? To that people, I'm going to use them to create some thunder in the earth again. Exodus 9 and 23, Moses stretched out his staff toward heaven and the Lord, this is when Israel is getting ready to come out of Egypt, out of bondage, and God's doing the ten plagues and all this stuff. Moses stretches out his staff toward heaven and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire ran down to the earth and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. Verse 28 of chapter 9 of Exodus says, Pharaoh now is trembling. <laughs> Why? Because thunder fire the earth is shaking hail is dropping here and pharaoh says plead with the lord moses for there has been enough of god's thunder and hail i will let you go and you shall stay no longer and moses said to him as soon as i have gone out of the city i will stretch out my hands to the lord the thunder will cease and there will be no more hail so that you may know that the earth is the lord's thunder an instrument in the hand of the Lord to bring judgment and testimony that God owns it all. I love this portion of Scripture. Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 13. And he, Jesus, went up into a mountain and called unto him whom he would, and they came to him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. There's the principle again. Come up here. He's up in a mountain. He ordains 12 to do what first? To be with him. And the reason after they've been with him for a while, that means he's ministering life to them. The purpose is so he can send them to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. And it starts listing some names. And Simon, he surnamed Peter. And James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, he surnamed them Bonerges, which is the sons of thunder. I love it. This is two of the three of his inner circle. You find them throughout the scripture. These, are, these three have the privilege of, uh, that others don't seem to get. They get to go into certain areas and do certain things with Jesus that others didn't get the opportunity for. And two of the three are called the sons of thunder. Now, some would say, well, that's because these guys are so, you know, out of control, and they're just, you know. But no, 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 no. I, I think there's more to it than that. These are sons of thunder, sons who are going to shake some things up. Sons in whom God's going to take to call people to account, call them back to their place. I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd love, I have to be careful what I say, but I'm asking God for more than I have currently. Amen. I want to see some flashes of lightning coming out of my life. I want some thunderings to come out of my life. Some stuff that'll, that'll break off the spirit of complacency and apathy. 
Out of this place may there proceed thunderings. Job 40 and verse 9 says this, have you, have you an arm like God? Or can you thunder with a voice like Him? Job 26 and 14, Lo, these are parts of His ways, but how little a portion is heard of Him, but the thunder of His power. Who can understand the thunder of His power? The thought, the thought of thunder should, should elicit the power of God, the presence of God in such a tangible way that you need to be cautious with how you handle things. So what's coming out of the throne? Three things. Lightnings, thunderings, and what's the last thing? Voices. Voices coming out of the throne. Greek word phone. Uh, it comes from the idea of a disclosure to articulate by implication an address saying or language noise sound or voice comes from another root word which means interestingly to lighten or shine so it's basically a speaking forth that brings light it brings understanding to a thing that is to show to show so voices that have the, the ability to actually show things you know and if you ever have engaged in trying to write anything uh, they tell you that you should show and not tell when you're writing. Show, don't tell. Because if you're just telling people, it's boring. But if you're showing people with your writing, then it's powerful. It has a much more compelling influence on people to show. Our Brazilian family was just here. And um, Paolo, Christie's brother-in-law, speaks very little English. Took him fishing. That was an interesting day. And uh, his uh, granddaughter was with him. She speaks a little more English. So between the two of them and the Holy Ghost and, you know, charades, and hand signals and stuff, we kind of had a good day, you know. But uh, I learned an interesting saying that day that's very common today in Brazil. And it's a simple word, show, show. And it happened, I, I learned the statement after he landed about a 26-inch redfish in the boat. And he said, he said, show. And I was like, show show cool show so then I had to inquire what does show really mean and, and for them it's, it's kind of like that was awesome like a show like if you went to a show they actually derived it from that thought you know, like a show that was really excellent and they liked it you know and uh, so show I thought, well that's, a, that's awesome show so I've kind of incorporated that into my if you, ha if you happen to hear me slip that one out sometimes you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about but here, it's interesting, isn't it, that this word voices, it means to show. To show. It's like, to show. <laughs> Let's not just talk about it. I experienced that. I experienced that. It's really dealing with the idea of, of that, that came in such a way that I experienced the depth of what it was about. And I think that's the heart of God for what comes out of His throne. People are tired of just hearing about it. They need someone to show them. I love it in, in Luke's gospel. Uh, I think it's chapter 4. Jesus stands up to read in the synagogue and he reads from the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good tidings and so on. And then it says, as soon as he finished reading that passage, he closed the book and he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled 
right in your hearing. I'm showing you. I've actually read to you. Now I'm closing it. And we're no longer going to just talk about the scriptures. We're going to show the scriptures. Or we could say manifest. It's actually one of the root words here for this word voices. To manifest that which is God's. So, the voice of God. Come on, three things. Lightnings, thunderings, and out of the throne or out of that throne room people should be proceeding the voice, the showing of who God is. Revelations chapter 1, verse 15. John is seeing the risen Christ and he's describing what he sees and he says his feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace and his voice was like the roar of many waters. You ever heard the roar of many waters? Anybody been to Niagara Falls? You've been to Niagara Falls, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm telling you the sound of that roar is undescribable. It is so powerful. You feel the earth shake with the, just the power, the sheer force that's behind those waterfalls. But here, the voice of the Lord was like a roar of many waters. Revelations 19 and verse 5. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and you that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters. Notice this. It's the voice of a great multitude, but it's the voice of many waters. And when the previous verse said it was the voice of the Lord. And then as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. The voice of many waters. There is such a beautiful, important truth here. Because you have in you one of those voices that is supposed to be added to all the other voices. You know, that's why the Bible says out of your belly, what's going to happen? It's going to, out of your heart, is going to flow a river of living water. That's what Jesus said. This spake he of the Spirit. So something in you is supposed to come out of you. There's supposed to be a flow in your life, right? Jesus called that living water. Here, John says, I heard the voice of a multitude. It was the sound of many waters, as if to say, out of the people of God is coming forth the voice of the Lord. And it's a voice that the end of the age, that's what the book of Revelation is about. The earth is going to hear the sound of God through His people showing forth His glory. Now I know for some that seems awful, perhaps, you know, ethereal and maybe even hard to follow, but keep it simple. That's the rule, right? Keep it simple. God calls John to the throne. He says, I want you to see this and I want you to see what's coming out of the throne. There's stuff happening. We saw that Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, was sent from the presence of God. We saw Isaiah sees the throne. He's undone. And then he receives a calling to go. He's sent. We see Jesus calling his twelve up to the mountain that they would be with him. Take a seat around the, around the throne, in essence, is what they're saying. And then having been with him, I want to send you out. 
And then we get this idea that out of the throne, here's, what's, here's the kind of stuff that comes out of the throne. Lightnings, thunderings, and voices. You and I are the light of the world. There's a sons of thunder sitting in the house today somewhere. Maybe you're one of them. Voices. You say, well, you know what? I might have just a little piece of that, but let me be faithful with that piece that I have. Let me not be absentee in my ministry. God, why have you strewn me out into the place where I find myself? I believe that God is interested in pushing us out to the nations of the world this year afresh. Begins right here. I know that. But I believe that we should take the lid off where we'll go and how we'll go. I believe God has plans for this year. And he's trying to get us to say, you know what, God, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm going to make myself available to you. If you need to reorganize and restructure my life, it's not about me building my own little nest. It's about me being about your business in this year. And I tell you, that's what, for me, out of this fast, that's what I'm walking away with personally. I'm like, God, here I am, you know? I don't know, I just, I feel cocked and primed. Amen. I feel like God's saying, son, just be ready. Stay in my presence because I'm getting ready to launch you out and this congregation. Last verse of scripture today before we pray for everybody here that wants prayer. 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. That's our mandate. Holy, separated, royal, privileged by the presence of God. And, and not just to come here and be safe until Jesus comes. Listen, we're, we're, that, that would miss the mark altogether. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We've come to be with Him, to be sent by Him to wherever it is He wants to send us. And I believe that for those who have that heart and those who are willing, and maybe you're, maybe you're not willing, but you're willing to admit you're not willing. And you're willing to be made willing. I love that idea. Lord, I'm willing to be made willing. Amen. But if you want the truth at the moment, I'm not willing. You know, God is not falling off his throne because of that thought. God already sees it anyways, but it's so wonderful when Adam can say, when God says, Adam, where are you? Like God didn't know. And Adam finally admits it. So just admit it. You know, the truth is, I'm real comfortable right where I am. Don't want to go anywhere. Don't want to do anything. Just want to keep my job. Want to keep my family. Want to keep my health. And I want to make it till I'm done. Till you come. That's it. That's, my, that's where I'm at, God. God would much rather have you just say that. And say, but nevertheless, not my will. But your will be done. Do I have anybody here today that's like that? Come on. Stand up on your feet. I'm going to ask... Uh, Pastor Jerry and Gail and Dr. Wins to come and Christy, we're going to just pray. And uh, if we can put on some lightning and thunder and voice music, <clears throat> I would really appreciate that. And listen. Yeah, but not, Christy says not so loud that it drowns out the prayer. So that's, that's all on you to figure out where that is. But listen, seriously here this morning, 
We've been seeking the Lord not in vain. I believe this year is a significant year. Write it down. I'm convinced of it. God's getting ready to do something. I was speaking to somebody the other day and they gave me Pastor Harry Jackson. Remember the evangelist Harry? He was in Nepal and miracles were sweeping through a village totally unexpectedly. He wasn't even having a, a crusade or anything. He was in a conversation with somebody and somebody got healed and the rumors, rumors spread and people began coming, healing after healing. And he was just testifying to me. And I found myself saying this to him. I said, Harry, it is the year of the favor of God and the vengeance of our God. Favor and vengeance. God is pouring out favor on his people and he's going to judge those things that need judging in this year. I'm convinced of it. So it's a time for us to say amen. amen. God, so here we are, Father, today, and I just thank you, Lord, that you're staring right into each one of our hearts. You know how you want to send us like those stars that you, that you spread out into the galaxy, Lord. I believe that out of your presence and out of your throne and out of this time of seeking you, there are things that are now being sent, us, Lord, being sent into those places that you've chosen for us. And Lord, I pray as we just lay our hands on hungry hearts today, that you would impart a special grace and a boldness to walk in these new things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Dr. Winds, if you'd come on up. And if you want prayer, come on. We're not going to have a formal dismissal, so we're just going to have a time of laying on of hands and praying and blessing. And then you're free to slip on out.